All right, uh, quiet please. Quiet please, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, uh, in answer to your questions, we do have a ruling from the marshals regarding Nick's uh, Gran Turismo incident last week. It has been determined that due to a factual error, he will be starting from pit road. Uh, do expect to see him out on the track, though. Uh, back of the pack, starting from pit road. No further questions this time, please. No further questions. Hey everybody and welcome to the Check Engine Podcast, the only podcast written, directed, produced, and recorded by three winners of the Spirit of the Race Award from the 2015 Salon Six Hours of the Glen, Watkins Glen. We are a car fan podcast. We aren't industry insiders, we aren't racers, we aren't professionals, we're just fans. We love cars and we want to talk about them. We want to talk about them with you. Please find us on social media, we're on Facebook. We're on Twitter and Instagram. Those are at CheckEnginePod. Uh, we have a website, CheckEnginePodcast.com. And, of course, we have emails. We have inbox at CheckEnginePodcast.com. And each of us have our own. We have Andrew, that's me. We've got Tristan on the sound. And we have Nick, who's in pit lane. Um, you know what? I see Nick coming out right now. And it looks like he's about to join us. Yeah, rejoining the race here. Welcome back, Nick. Ready to go? Hey everybody! Uh, welcome to the Check Engine Podcast. Okay, no, no hey, what, we did that. It's the what? Stop interrupting! What? We did that already. We've done no, this already. No, you didn't. We did that while you were in pit lane. You we know what you did. We know you do the intro, but you know what you did. You, ser- you served your penalty, but we've moved on. You guys are assholes. Listen, these are the rules. These are very Awful. strict rules. They're not rules because the rules you just just hey, this would be cool. We made it up as you go. We might have done that a little bit, but this, also they are rules. I mean. Considering we are not sanctioned by anyone, um, we do write our own rule book, and we all have to live with it. If I make a mistake, I'll have to do the same thing. Remember he said that. Yep. Because we'll have to rest control the soundboard. Yeah. Well, I got my long arms. I can do that pretty pretty quickly. (laughs) So... Anyway, Still, if, if Nick is done being a race car driver and making excuses for his penalties... I didn't make an excuse for the penalty. To, he's ready to go. I admitted to the penalty. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, you know... According to the rules that were made up by the marshals yesterday, like yesterday, us, seven days after the listen, fact, that's that's neither here nor there. We got a podcast to start, and we're Fine. already behind. Fine, penalties bringing us all down. All right, let's go. Uh, where are we at here? So we did the the intro. Um, bring it, bring us back. We're we're lost without our our fearless leader here, Nick. Bring us back. All right, everybody. So. As Andrew mentioned, be sure to find us on CheckEngine.Podcast.com. Um, you can find our podcasts at Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, or Pocket Cast. And our home base is, of course, anchor.fm slash checkenginepodcast. Um, we already did some intros. We know Tristan's here behind the board. I'm here in a huff. Andrew did the intro. He subbed in quite well. Um, let's bounce to the beginning of our episodes. As always, we'll start with some pace laps. Um, neat car news, any quick news topics we want to discuss. Um, I mean, I've got a couple. Um, if no one else has anything. Yeah, go for it. I, I, I don't have anything this week. Um, well, the one I wanted to uh, touch on, I guess, today is the fact that I heard that sh- both Chevy and Ford are going to be cutting some cars out of production. Um, Chevrolet is going to discontinue the Impala, 
um, which seems like it's one like they bring it back and then they stop and then they bring it back and then they stop and then they redesign and they bring it back and they stop. Um, and they're also cutting out the Sonic, which I don't really think anybody cares about. Finally. Ugh. And there was much rejoicing. Yeah, I, yeah. I've i never liked that car. You know, it, it was always the Aveo. They just rebranded it because the Aveo didn't sell. No one wanted it. It was crap. And I just think it never climbed out of that hole, even with, you know, the whatever it was, um, engine and chassis designed and tuned by the guy who ran Corvettes. It's like, nah, no one, no one is buying that car for that. <laughs> not, not that one. No, not that car for <laughs> no. that reason. Um, and then also it's not just Chevy though. As I mentioned, Ford is also cutting, um, some out of the production line. And this one was way more of a surprise to me. Uh, no more Fiesta. I mean, how, what are they, what are they going to do? Cause you need a small car still. And also, let's not forget, the Fiesta is the number one selling car in the UK. That car isn't just going to disappear from the world. Yeah, they're going to keep making that. Are they going to make it in the UK, like in Europe, and just cut it out here, basically? I think most of it, a lot of them for here are manufactured, I think, in Mexico. So I think they wouldn't necessarily have to stop production elsewhere to stop it here. But it does leave them with a, a segment gap when the smallest thing they sell is the Focus, which... Did just get redesigned, and I like it quite a bit. But it, it's going to be lonely in the small car arena without its little friend. I think the the hot hatch yeah. playground, the hot hatch sandbox without his buddy. Yeah. I just can't imagine that Ford is going to leave that uh, subcompact. Is that technically what it is? Subcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine compact. they're going to leave that empty. However, they do have um, what's that new little SUV they brought out? The Eco. It's I think it's literally called the. Is the, it just called the Eco Sport? Eco Sport. Eco yeah. Sport. Yep. Maybe yeah. they're gonna try to go it alone with that for now. Yeah, I mean, cash in on the. You know, often mentioned, often much maligned by us, uh, <laughs> crossover segment. <laughs> um. Yeah, folks, let us know what you think about it. Something to be worried about? Do you even care? Um, be sure to like, comment, post, share your thoughts and your opinions on it. Um, I think, you know, for overall news stories, we can stop there. Um, I do have a, unless anyone else has something, I do have a bit of neat car news. No, it's been a gray and lonely week in my car life. I haven't seen anything of interest. The only thing I saw that was even remotely interesting, uh, because of its now probably almost unicorn status rarity, was a Jetta TDI Cup. Ooh! Yeah. Those were rare when they were produced. I mean, what was it? Just a sticker package and a retuned suspension, I think it was? Yeah, it was a, the suspension <clears throat> and brakes and, a, and stickers. Sticker it wasn't brakes. even... It wasn't even... You know, there was no output... Engine output tweaking or anything. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, they were rare when they were not sort of banned. <laughs> and now after the uh, Dieselgate, I, I wonder how many there really are still on the road. They even exist. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of rare. That's cool. Um, I saw a cool one this week. Um, and picture possibly to follow up, up on social media, but um, I was going to open run basketball at the uh, local church. And um, in a reserved parking stall... I should have taken a picture of the sign to see what it was reserved for, <laughs> but there was a sweet Audi S6. Um, it was blacked out. Um, it was lowered a tad, 
not oh too, man, not too dramatically. It wasn't too dramatically. You saw the picture. I know, but it's so troublesome when we talk about slammed Audis and VWs. But it wasn't like slammed. It was just a little bit. Um, just enough to make sure the arches are filled. Very, <laughs> yeah, just basically yeah. that's what it was. And it was um, they actually took the the badging off. Like the four rings obviously were there, but they took the S six part off. So I was actually wandering around the car like, is this an S six? Is this an S eight? What is it? And then I happened to catch the brake caliper, which had uh-huh. S six written on it. Stamped into it, yep. Stamped into it. Yep. Cleverly done, Audi. Um but kudos to you, sir, whoever was in that reserved spot at the local church for the open run basketball with your very tastefully tricked out Audi S six. Reserved for real cool dudes. Who drive. That's what that sign would say. That's shit. Maybe. I don't know. I should have taken a picture of the sign. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So I could remember. what I was too enamored with the car, though, to worry about the sign. That happens. Great great car. Great car. All right. Um, Andrew, what is the main topic of tonight's episode? Tonight we got, I I think it's going to be a very interesting one. Um, Everybody knows... An armchair quarterback, someone who on Monday at work is like, well, if I was the coach, I would have called this play, and that would have won the game for sure. I am a Hall of Fame armchair quarterback, by the way. <laughs> well, you're a Chargers fan. You have to I be. just got inducted oh, last no. year. That's, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but everyone knows that guy. Uh, people who like cars also do this. Of course, we love cars. Our ideas are all infallible. We know this. Just like every armchair quarterback, every play you call works. Yeah, every time. Yeah. So what we're going to do is become make ourselves king for a day of an automobile manufacturer. We're going to tell you our ideas for what we would do, and obviously all of it would work out, and it would be brilliant for everyone involved. Every Everything we're... We're touching is going to turn to gold. The three manufacturers are all going to that we talk about are all going to be the number one selling manufacturer in the world. Obviously. Yep. Yep. It's, perfect. It's going to be perfect. It's like hindsight being twenty twenty, but your foresight is twenty twenty. Yeah. Everything works. It cannot fail. It will not. Will um, not fail. Who is going to kick us off? Um, I can start. I'll. I'll it's my game. I'll. I'll give you an example. Okay. Uh, I'm going to stick straight down the fandom boulevard. I am going to talk about being king for a day of Hyundai. I like their cars. I like what they do. And they've earned a certain level of customer uh, appreciation from me just by consistently improving. So uh, the first thing I would do, the very first thing, um, I'm sure some of you have heard, and obviously the two of you in this room know, Hyundai's bringing out a super hot version of the Veloster Turbo mm-hmm. called yeah. the N. N. Yep. Yeah, um, they're testing it as the i30, and in Europe right now, it's getting rave reviews for both power levels. They're offering it in two upgraded uh, 240 horsepower in the medium. I guess if the Veloster (laughs) Turbo is mild, then that would be the medium. And a super hot at 270 horsepower. Both of them are getting rave reviews. The Black Label Valentina. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um... Anyways, I think this car could be a revelation. Exactly like the Focus ST was when it came out. But I worry that Hyundai's going to miss it by underproducing. I was talking to um, the some of the people at the local Hyundai dealership where I bought my car. And while they are the number one uh, dealership in Wisconsin in terms of total sales and have been for something like five to seven years, they might not even see one of these things. That's how badly Hyundai's going to underproduce the N at present. Oof. Well, isn't isn't part of the whole N 
branding um, exclusivity. Yeah, but... There's, you there's... don't want to mass-produce <laughs> a special production thing. Yeah, but there's exclusive and on entire, entirely unavailable. Right. And you've got to remember, while part of it is exclusivity, the, Fiat, or the Focus ST is exclusive, but you can get them. They're eminently gettable. Each dealership has one. They have three. Griffin Ford down the road, I think, had five at one time. I mean, you can get them, but they're still an exclusive car. <laughs> Quick plug of Griffin Ford. You're welcome. <laughs> Well, I was going to say the local Ford dealership, but whatever. Um, That's the local Ford dealership. Yeah. So um, that would be my first thing. I would up those production numbers. Next thing I'd do, take that i30N, bring it over as the Elantra N. Yeah. Elantra GTN, sorry. The name's a little complicated, but whatever. I think you got to have that car here. Then you have to take that car and put it in IMSA. You have to bring it to the race circuit. They already race it in Pirelli. It does well in Pirelli. Mm-hmm. You have to bring that it's, here. It's it's two for two yeah. so far. Yeah, exactly. With a one-two finish in both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's doing pretty well. <laughs> and the next thing I would do, still related to this, all in the same family, which Hyundai is actually doing, I don't want to take any credit for it, but I did write it down here before I ever saw pictures, so are they reading my mind? Probably. I would make an Elantra sedan N. That is oh. something that Hyundai is actually going to make. They're testing it right now in the Nuremberg Ring. And it's going to be, Tristan, you're going to love this. It's going to be a lift back. Oh. And they're making it in, well, they say 300 horsepower. So I'm guessing it may be the 270 <laughs> or, it yeah. may be bo- or it may be even boosted more. Um, yeah, I like, I like spicy sedans. I, the spicy sedans and spicy station wagons are my thing. And that's kind of almost both with the lift back. Yeah, I, I love be, it. I'd be all over that. So you got to expand the N brand. We got you got to make that a real thing. Next thing I'd do is continuing their push for, and this sounds weird, continuing their push for hybrid and electric cars, because I drove the new uh, newish Ionic, mm-hmm. the Hyundai Ionic, and even though the Prius first came out in '97, and you know, car shopping with my mom, or was it really that long ago? It was already? 1997. Can you yeah. believe it? The Prius is a 20 year old plus car already. Yeah, the nameplate. Uh-huh. Yeah. Holy Crazy. crap. We're we, old. Uh-huh. We are old. So is the Prius. <laughs> so is the Prius. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I've driven a couple different versions of it and a couple other electric cars. Not until the Ionic, which came out here in 2017, was there a hybrid here in America that actually felt like a car. Yeah, I think that's a pretty substantial part of their marketing, too. It's yeah. like, hey, we made a car. It's a hybrid, but it's also just a car. Mm-hmm. And that's appealing. You get into it. It looks like a car. You have a regular shifter knob. In front of you is not some stupid hybrid thing. It's a speedometer and there's a tachometer. It has all that, uh, you know, eco screenage and, you know, this is doing that, that's doing the other thing. The batteries are doing this. Leaves lighting up everywhere. Yeah, but it's just in the, it's in the center stack. Mm -hmm. It's just a car. And it felt like a super, super refined version of my old Elantra when I drove it, which for a hybrid I think is an amazing achievement. Hyundai can do this. They just need to do more. I think they need to do a, um, perhaps a hybrid Tucson with four-wheel drive and just go right at Toyota, right at them. Yeah, like go after the hybrid Highlander. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the, they're the I've uh, rental-driven uh, hybrid Sonatas, and other than there's a lot of whiz bangery going mm-hmm. on on the dashboard, they are entirely normal to drive yep. and get really good gas mileage and it's keep it simple absolutely yeah another thing i think they should do 
they need to develop a true four-wheel drive off-road system. They have the you know electronically controlled all-wheel, and that's fine. But you're not gonna win new fans with that. Nope. You need something with some punch, and maybe they could put it in that little Santa Cruz. Remember that um, crazy concept truck they had? I think two years ago mm-hmm. with the extendable bed. Oh, right. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, that one. Yeah, the extendable yeah. bed. Um, I don't think you need to bring the extendable bed, but bring nah. maybe that platform with a four-wheel, with a, with a legit four-wheel drive system. Absolutely. Uh, and maybe they start making a little full-size truck as well. You know it would sell in America. And among the Asian brands, what, what, I mean, what company has the foothold on the four-wheeling market right now? It's to- so it's to- another example Toyota. of going after Toyota right yep, where it hurts, yep. right? Exactly. Yep. And like, what if I could buy, instead of a, a 4Runner, uh, you know, there was a, a Hyundai option. Mm-hmm. You know, or was... even, you know, even Nissan yeah. has a very, 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 very dedicated uh, truck, I guess... Truck buying crowd. Yeah, cult. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it really front, is. With the Frontier They're, and the Titan. Much, uh, much uh, bereft at the death of the uh, uh, Nextera. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They were so mad at that. Yeah. Um, here, here's a sentence... That I think everyone here will get, but I'll probably have to explain. Uh, moving off of the specific Hyundai brand, Genesis is in danger of pulling an Infinity in pursuit of doing a Lexus. Oops, I was trying to do I was trying to do a Lexus and I did an Infinity. Yeah, <laughs> here's what I mean. Yeah. Got it. Yep, I'm with you. Here's what I mean. Lexus is Toyota's luxury brand. They're premium, but they're ubiquitous. Yes. I mean those uh, what RX 500 or 300, whatever those SUVs are. A trillion of them on the road. Yeah, and the IS 250s, yeah. which are oh just gosh. Camrys in um, disguise. They may actually Maybe be Corollas. 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 Corollas in... They're Corollas in disguise. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. they're everywhere. Same thing. Versus Infinity. Um, you see them. They have a very long life. You see them um, you know, pass down second and third and fourth owners. Mm-hmm. They're somewhat dependable. They have all of the very, very top-tier luxury things that you'd want, you know, massaging seats and heated and cooled and all that stuff. Um, but I don't even know where you buy an Infinity. At a dealership. Yeah, but where is that? <laughs> yeah, but where's that dealership? I, like, basically, if anybody, some, you know, somebody had rolled down his window and was like, oh, hey, I need to buy a new car, could you point me to the closest whatever dealer? I would have, if not the closest, at least one pretty close. I know where most of the car dealers are around here. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't point you to the local Infinity dealer, they, to be honest. They might have them at the one at the closest Nissan dealer, but... Yeah, um, if it's... If, yeah, yeah Rostero. Uh, is that what it is? I think so, Rostero Nissan. So, yeah. yeah. These they dealerships have got to start there? paying us, man. Right? <laughs> yeah. But I don't know, and that's kind of what I'm saying. Um, I, I was actually talking to... When we were talking about the N brand, uh, the... The, my contact at the Hyundai dealership are also talking about Genesis because the local Hyundai dealership is also a Genesis dealer. Mm-hmm. The way that worked um, was that you had to meet certain sales quota for the brand. You could then apply to Hyundai. If you were accepted based on your sales numbers, based on your targets, based on your future predictions, they would um, bring you for training. Then you would get to sell the brand. Pretty straightforward. However, this year, after Genesis, the brand, beat out Lexus and beat out all of the other luxury brands as Consumer Reports' number one choice, mm-hmm. they're contracting. They're contracting the Genesis brand. So everyone who bid on it, they might not be able to sell it. I think that's a huge mistake. Huge mistake. Yeah. I mean, especially because 
yes, they are their own division, but really, you know, when you've got mechanics and distribution and everything else all tied to Hyundai, it doesn't cost you anything to have a corner of the dealership be dedicated to Genesis. Right. And, you know, they're bringing in new cars, they're bringing in all this cool stuff, and they're kind of, I, I get the sense that that felt very alienating for the Hyundai dealership because they're, if if that local dealership, given their sales targets, if they're not going to sell Genesis, nobody in the state is going to sell Genesis. And that's wild. Yeah. Why would you Why would you do that? Personally, I I was kind of digging the Genesis when we were at a couple of years ago at the Chicago Auto Show. Yeah, um, the... we we wanted to walk to that booth because we're like, what's the like they they really broke this out into their own brand. Like, what's the big deal? And for the price, and that's a pretty nice car. That was two years ago. That's what I mean. Yeah, mm-hmm. and we went again this year, um, and even the jump from last year to this year, there's a notable improvement in like. Not overall design. I don't think the cars have really been facelifted since last year. No. But internal material choices are different mm-hmm. than they were last year, and that makes all the difference. Yeah. Those cars are way better than they were a year ago. I was, totally agree. I and I there's a couple of them now actually, at at work when I'm going in the parking lot like where a couple weeks ago I told you about the Jeep that's always parked up on the curb. Yeah. <laughs> um, usually a few spots down from that, there's one Genesis and there's another one that parks and it's like, you kind of drive by it and you do a double, t- like, wow, that's look, actually a pretty nice car. We've discussed this too. They look good on the move. When we Fantastic. were, oh we, my God, when we were yes. driving down to uh, VIR, we were stuck behind one in a traffic jam. Yeah. And yes. It, and for the entire like 40 minute traffic jam, we kept talking about this car that was in front of us because it, it looks good on the road. Mm-hmm. I do like the fact, too, if you're kind of a prankster, um, the fact that you can mess with the front seat controls from the back seat. That's funny. And the, on the um, the G90. The largest one. Largest the largest one, largest yeah. One. yeah I the remember the Tristan, limousine one. Tristan and I sat in the back of that one at <laughs> the auto the show. <laughs> and the kid sat in the front passenger seat, and I just kind of casually laid my hand over the rear console and started messing with his seat. And he was, like, looking around, and I'm like, dude, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> That was funny. Um, anyway, yeah. Continue. So more about Genesis. The one thing that they have, and it's so ridiculous when I point it out. You guys probably already know. They don't have any SUVs. What are they doing? My my father would be very happy. I know. <laughs> I, I, that, I, that doesn't bother me at all. Actually, but if you're going to expand a brand, and I mean really expand it and keep it around, you got to have not just one. You should probably have three. And I mean. To hit the small, hit the medium, and hit the large. That's what moves. Yeah, I, mean, it, I would leave off the small. Um, until if you're you, talking Genesis. Until you really establish it. I mean, Audi didn't bring the Q3 until way into the the Q you know, SUV's lifetime. That's they, true. You know, if, if you get people really buying them, then you can probably bring a small one over. But definitely start with a big one, because that falls into the same usage is like the the biggest sedan yeah that's gonna be a you know that's gonna be a chauffeur job is what that is so one like one off the santa fe the not the santa fe sport the full size santa fe i think i mean you at least have to start there and um i i think that's in the works i think it's like a 2020 target for that um still you need a money maker especially if you if you don't want to do things like contracting the brand which may be purely a result of cars not moving off lots if you can put some an SUV on the lot that's priced within striking distance of the top tier of the Santa Fe, 
then it's one of those things where you take people to see the Genesis and say, you know, this is only dollar Never amount more. more. Yeah. Look at what you get. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's how Lexuses are sold. That's how Acuras are sold. And that's a, a very solid strength of Hyundai Hyundai Kia in general mm-hmm. is how much stuff they put in those cars. There's an article, I believe, in Automobile Magazine a couple years ago titled Lord of the Things. And it, <laughs> and it was and it was like how much stuff, you know, this car play and heated seats and mm-hmm. good sound systems and fancy headlights and all this other stuff that, um, you know, that whole group is just cramming into these cars to add value to them at almost no cost you know, for them. I was just going to say, yeah. somehow they sell at the same price as a basic Corolla or, you know, Chevy Aveo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. it's got oodles more features. Yeah. Scientific term. Oodles. Yeah. One oodle. The last thing I need to do for Genesis, and this one I think is legitimate, and Hyundai, if you have questions, please get in touch. They need to pay someone to do SEO optimi- optimization on the Genesis name. Because when you Google search Genesis... Like, the first three results are the band. Are Phil Collins? <laughs> yeah. So, um, he can't dance. You can actually pay to fix that, Hyundai. So, um, yeah. Please do. Uh, one final thing, real quick. Kia. I think Kia's missed some opportunities. They had a... I don't know what they are, really. I don't know if they're the bargain brand. I don't know if they're the luxury brand. They're kind of trying to be both. But I will say this. The one thing they're doing right is the Stinger. They made a good car. Yes. They so, made a, so correct. They made a good-looking car, and what's so unusual for Kia, they're stocking them. You can find them. And, and people are buying them. They're everywhere. Yeah, yeah, they're everywhere all of a sudden. The one thing I would suggest for Kia and the Stinger, real quick, top-level thing, the commercial with Emerson Fittipaldi, two-time F1 world champ, Two-time Indy 500 winner, legendary driver, hasn't driven in over 25 years. You can get somebody more relevant than Emerson Fittipaldi. Even, even if you're looking for like retired, and think about think about this, and this is coming from my perspective, that this would stab me right in the heart. But think about, and it might not be able to, because I think he might even still be under contract with mm-hmm. them. But think about getting somebody still retired but relatively recent, like Alan McNish. You know, somebody like that. Something that, sure. that in sports car people's minds is still very... And sports car is the other big mm-hmm. thing, too. You know, Fittipaldi is a bunch of open-wheel stuff. And right. you know, when you look at the Stinger, people who are interested in the Stinger are going to be people who are going to our particular favorite types of races, these sports car, you know, GT car races. So if you can get someone with a sports car background, too, that would be cool. How, how relevant is Emerson Fittipaldi? His grandson just made his IndyCar debut last weekend. <laughs> Not his son, his grandson. Well, if you're going to draw a pop culture comparison to Emerson Fittipaldi, you would probably pick, like, Steven Tyler. Oh, wait, he's He's also also in in that commercial. (laughs) What are you doing, Kia? That's the interesting thing, too. But Aerosmith is still pretty popular. Yeah, yeah, and you talk about, though, too. You know it is. You know they are. You talk about you don't really know what they are. I think I might know what they're trying to be. I think they're trying to be the brand for those kids. You know, Hyundai, <laughs> Hyundai is like the more kind of grown up one, which is why the Stinger is kind of odd. It's, uh, I see 40, 50 year old men driving them and no other Kia. Yeah. You know, they'll, they'll buy. The, the Stinger buy a, is the cheap midlife crisis. They'll buy it. Yeah, yeah you know. kind of. It's well, a cheap oh, oh, midlife crisis. As far as branding goes, it's for the kids and those that want to be kids again. Oh, wow. Boom. That's gold. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Gold. Kia. Ring us up. We have an email address. Just send us an email. 
Yeah. It's easy. Oh, yeah. Don't ring us. We don't have a phone number. Email us. One one last thing. So uh, I really love what they're doing there. I think that's something they need to do with the Forte 5 SX, which is the um, turbocharged little sedan they have. In my opinion, it's the new GTI because you can get those for the low. I mean, if you can yes. if you can find yeah. one, that's the difficulty. They don't they don't really make a lot, which they should. So, follow the Stinger model. And the last thing they need to do, they really, really, really need to make an all-wheel drive Soul with Ooh. with the 201 horsepower engine in it. Yes, that would be bonkers. They made a they made a concept of it, and it looked fabulous. A little bit of a lift, real four-wheel drive. All of the uh, roof racks and lights and this and that, the other thing. It was all decked out, and it looked great. Hella lights, bro. Hella lights. Hella, <laughs> hella lights. They, they just need to do that. It's time. Um, everybody so, wants it. Everyone wants it, and people would definitely buy that. Oh, yeah. Oh, they, they totally would. You could just make that an option for that through the range, mm-hmm. and they would move, because those cars move on their own. Yeah. Um, that's it. Just make a bunch of new stuff and make it all really good. Obviously, all of my ideas are gold and beyond criticism. Let's money certainly, money certain, and investment be damned. That's right. We're just going to expand everything. <laughs> it doesn't just matter. Just do more of all of it. It's all highly hey, possible. Hey, if you if you can borrow it and then you can sell those cars, it doesn't matter how much you have to borrow. Yeah, ask You'll Tesla. You don't even have to sell the cars. Exactly. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. Shots fired and <laughs> rightly so. Um... Nick, you want to go next? Oh uh, yeah, what the heck? I'll I'll give this a shot. Um, so the brand I chose to go with, um, I, I think you're gonna find folks that were just following along the fandom thing. Um, grew up in a GM household, um, so I'm gonna go through and I'm gonna be king of General Motors for a day. Um, we'll go through the brands a little bit, um, but there are some bigger um, overarching issues that I think we can we can um, touch on first. Um, I'm gonna. Where Andrew was saying we're just going to expand everything all the time, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to try to streamline some stuff. I might go the opposite way here. Well, which um, makes sense. Okay, well, yeah, because that's the thing. With, with GM, there's so much stuff and so many brands, and a lot of it is so redundant. So my whole idea is each brand has something they're known for or they're good at. Let's stick with it. Let them do it. Let them let them mm-hmm. do what they're good at. So um, first, let's let's talk about... Um, and I have stuff also quickly about the road and about the racetrack because I am the racing guy in this group. So we'll start with on the road. Um, the first thing they got to do, I think, is embrace or reinvest in the hybrid and alternative power mm-hmm. more so than they have been. Um, because really no one, no U.S. automaker is really jumping into it full bore. Out of the three, I think probably Ford is gone the yeah. furthest. Um, but look, it's, and Americans are kind of like Aussies. We like our big V8s and this and that, but we've got to embrace it. Look, it's coming. There's going to, we're going to need electric technology. We're going to need the hybrid technology. Um, and I think if General Motors, now whatever brands they want to start sliding these developments in under, that can be figured out down the road. But if they really make a conscious effort to invest in this stuff and be at the forefront, at least of the American brands, um, it's going to put them in a great position going forward. So um, that's the first thing. That's like topic A1 on the top of the whiteboard when I first, you know, set up my office. Well, look at how much... In the, in the corner office of the uh, General Motors <laughs> right. tires. Look how much positive press Chevy gets from the um, 
Oh no, I just forgot the name of it. Their uh, electric gas hybrid car. The uh, Volt. Volt. The Volt, yeah. yeah. Look how much positive press they get from that. Great reviews, everyone loves it. And car everyone... of the year stuff all the oh, time. Yeah, and yeah. there's really done nothing with it. No. Like no advancement, no... No follow-up. Yeah, no follow-up, no nothing. Not, it's not even a slam at, at, at the Volt. I mean, given it that you're in the right situation, where you've got that maybe 15, 20-mile commute, mm-hmm. that's most of your driving, but then you still need to throw people in the car and drive for hours. It, it's a great answer to most of our problem i mean i think there are some you know limitations to it right. but it's 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 a really good car and then they haven't done as much as they could with it at least not, not nothing but not nearly as much as they could have so you're right there obviously right yep. um so that's embrace it chevy gm embrace it just do it um it's not going away anytime soon um you've you've got to make a conscious effort to do it um that's my big company-wide um, reform that I would be doing. That uh, uh, breaking it down here by brand. I guess we'll start with Chevrolet because that's kind of the the everyman brand of the group. Um, I'm pr- I'm okay with a majority of this product line here. I don't know how much I do to it, except they need to make a true legitimate challenger to the Focus. Oh, I totally agree. Like yeah. they need to come out with a legit. Hot hatch, mm-hmm. not the Sonic that nobody cared about. Dear Lord, not the Spark. <laughs> like, don't just do it to say you're doing it. Or, or like, the invest cruise. the the cruise that came out. The uh, they were gonna do like a hotter version for the hatch. Yeah, 160 horsepower. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, send some of the design team for this down to Bowling Green where they're working on the new Corvette stuff. Like, just trade off. Now, you don't need to put a giant V8 in it, obviously. But <laughs> we're not in Australia, okay? As much as sometimes I wish we were. <laughs> you and me both. But that the only thing, I mean, I would set, you know, get all my Chevy brand people and engineers, all the people assigned to Chevrolet, and I would give them a deadline. By this time in you know, 2019, we better be launching a hatchback that will kick this shit out of a Ford Focus. Mm-hmm. Um, you I mean, have to take some share in that market. I may be putting you on the spot a little bit here, but you're you're the Chevy GM guy. You're king for a day. What would you name it? Would, would you make a new one, or would you bring back a nameplate? Ooh. Impala's always for big cars, and since they're discontinuing that, we can't bring that back. Right away, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right away, at least. Um, Plus, I think it's kind of a garbage name. The Impala? I do. I really don't like it. Uh, Maybe it's because I now have it so closely associated with the actual car. <laughs> yeah. But now um, I just hate those animals. Man, naming naming it is tough at this point. Yeah. At this point, I... If, I, if there's not an answer, it's fine. I, at, this point, idea. at this point, I really don't have an idea for it. Um, Bel Air. <laughs> Bel Air. No, too no. large. Not too large. Again, too big. Too big. See, a lot of the cars that with old names in, in Chevrolet are just huge. Mm-hmm. So if you bring yes. out a hot hatch, it's just going to be like an oxymoron. True. I think you should call it the Jumbo Shrimp. The Jumbo the Shrimp. shrimp. <laughs> well, you can't use Cobalt either, because... <laughs> there's, there's, another, there's another episode in and of itself. Um, Sadly, I think a lot of the perfect names for that went bye-bye when they cut Oldsmobile. They really, they really yeah, did. Yeah, they did. Think about it. You can, you can name it the Cutlass. Oh, God. Don't no. Tell me. <laughs> you, oh, no. Don't tease me. No, not for a hot hatch. Again, <gasps> it would be so good. It, it would be the supreme of the turbo level. Oh, man, come on. No, I'm not a fan of that. Anyway, moving on. So that, so Chevy, you need a Challenger for the Focus. Um, 
GMC, again, I'm pretty much okay with. They do trucks, and, and they, they do, do trucks well. And that's fine. And that's okay. <laughs> the only tweak I might make because, and I'll roll into this next, um, they're ma- they can stick to the Sierra. They can stick to maybe like one of the mid-sized crossovers, luxury versions of those. I don't really think they need the, uh, the Yukon Denali the big, luxurious, giant SUV, because as we roll into Cadillac, Cadillac has the Escalade. Mm -hmm. Yes. Very much well-known, essentially the same vehicle with a different badge. If Cadillac is making the Escalade and it's at that pretty much the exact same price point, why why do we need one with a GMC badge on it? And that's my summary for GMC, so I'd be curious to see if you have an answer. It's like, why do we need two of the same truck also. Well, here's... Totally agree. And this kind of rolls into Cadillac. I'll answer that question. Yeah, before we move into Cadillac, so GMC. um, Maybe not adjusting the price point of the GMC trucks. It may even involve taking the price point down on the Chevys. Like, there's a... So Chevy is going to be the everyman's brand. Maybe bring their truck prices down to make the GMC seem a little more exclusive. Right? So if I'm paying, you know, 38 or 40 grand for a, you know, decked out Silverado, how much difference is that between, you know, that and a 42 grand yeah. Sierra? Especially right. without looking at the, like, the cheese grater grill on the front of the GMCs. <laughs> I, I cannot tell a difference. It, it's a, right. you know, it's a Silviera, yeah. you know. <laughs> I it's, totally, it's a yeah. Sierrado, you know, I can't, I can't tell a difference. So maybe it's not even, because you don't want to make the price point so astronomical that no one can buy it, Right. So maybe leave the GMC price points where they are and find a way to lower the Chevrolet truck price points um, just to make some sort of separation between, you know, the everyman and the exclusive. Yeah, makes sense. Um, but yeah, I think you could do away with the Yukon if you've got this the Cadillac um, Escalade. Because again, it gets kind of redundant. And they are at the exact same price point. Mm-hmm. Um, for Cadillac, my overarching theme is just add value somehow. <laughs> Like, somehow add value. So, like, why am I paying, you know, for a CTS, you know, 15 grand more than I am for a Malibu when, besides headlights and a badge, they're the exact same thing? Um, and they feel... The, they my, feel the exact same. Like, put some same. sort of technology in the, in the suspension. Put a different type of engine in it with more power. Actually, don't use steering wheels from the leftover Malibu parts bin. Steering wheels, switch gear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So for Cadillac, I would want them to find a way to differentiate them. Yes, you're going to use the same platform. It's cost-effective. You're going to build it on the same frame or the same chassis. Fine. Everyone does that. Everybody does that. Every car company in the world does that, and that's fine. But find a way in the technology, maybe a superior, down to a superior nav system or... The, you know, the Cadillacs come with a really high-end sound system where the where the Malibu doesn't, mm-hmm. or the Chevys don't. Just something that's worth the extra ten, fifteen, twenty, whatever it is, thousand dollars that you're wait, paying. Wait, wait, I I know what the extra thing is on the uh, ATS. What's that? It's a it's a literal gun compartment by the driver's leg. <laughs> My boss bought one. Yeah. He's like, come here, let me show you this. Okay. Opens the door, points at something across, you know, at the edge of the, across the, um, the seat area. He's like, what do you think that is? Like, I have no idea. 
Like, that's for your gun. Like, no, it's not. That it's can't not be that. for your gun. No, it is. When you when you pull it open, clearly it's for a weapon. That's what you get. <laughs> how that's how like, what makes it shape. clearly? Oh, just the shape the of the shape. the actual compartment. The, the actual gone. compartment. Really? And, wh- and why else would it be by the driver's right leg? Oh, it's on the inside. It's on the, it's on the, inside. Yeah. It's not on the door. No, no, no. Nope. Sorry, I didn't make that clear. It's on. It's on the driver's right leg side. But what if you shoot lefty? That's not important right now. Much like, Don't forget the lefties. Much Come like, on now. Honestly, much like most of the manufacturers of those fires are firearms, Cadillac doesn't care. No. <laughs> so that's what you get. <laughs> okay. Upon that new piece of information, I would eliminate the gun compartment <laughs> from Cadillacs and find another way to add value to the brand. Um, Buick is a tough one. Yeah. Um, and honestly... The, 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 I was thinking about this a lot. The, the solution I came up with was keep the Regal somehow in the United States. Whether you have to rebadge it as maybe a Cadillac Regal or a Chevrolet Regal, maybe to replace the Impala and the Chevy line. The Caprice. Keep, or the, keep, make, make it the Caprice. Make it the Caprice, whatever. I think you got to keep the Regal name because it's pretty well known. Um, so keep that in the U.S. I would eliminate the Enclave and the Lacrosse, the bigger SUVs. Yep. And I would take the Cascader or Cascada, however you pronounce it, which is the tiny little two-door convertible yeah. thing, um, and then the two smallest SUVs, the Envision and the Encore, just overseas. Yeah. Because between Chevy, Cadillac, GMC, you already have the small SUVs, you got the small cars. Again, that's that lack of... We're getting rid of all that redundancy. Yeah. If you want to make Buick just a European-only or a European and Asian-only brand with those three small cars... Keep the Regal here and make it a Chevy Regal, a Cadillac Regal, whatever you want to do with it, Mm -hmm. just to keep that name around. And, of course, bring back the Grand National. Do it. Bring back the Grand National. (laughs) Easy to us. Easy. Easy fix. So that's that's my take on Buick. That, Um, I think, is actually incredibly astute. Because if you're getting rid of the Impala, you have a a hole in the the Chevy lineup. And, uh, you know, I think that slots in perfectly. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Um, and then finally, uh, for the road-going part, the Corvette. I'm just taking that as a brand its own, because it is a brand in its own. Totally. Yes, it's a Chevrolet Corvette. Absolutely not. No mid-engine Corvette. Absolutely not. Disagree. There is... You don't need to have a mid-engine... I agree. Make sport. it a mid-engine Cadillac. Mid-engine Cadillac. That was my... There's my next point. <laughs> If it's going to be a Corvette, it will not be mid-engine. If you want to make that car a mid-engine, brand it a Cadillac. Brand it something different. Give it a different name. Fine. Cool. A Corvette is a front-engined V8. Like Aston Martins are front-engined V10s or V12s. The AMG GT... The AMG... The new Mercedes AMG. Giant front-engine. The Viper was front-engine the whole time. You do not need to change the entire platform on a Corvette. I haven't been a fan of the way Corvettes were changing for the past... Two, but the C6 and the C7, I think, are just getting worse and worse. Yeah. They look like amazing sports cars. They're not Corvettes. If you do this, move it to the, move the engine from the front to the mid-engine format. You lost me. It's not a Corvette anymore. I'm out. Even the C6. C6 See, was okay. The C6 is my favorite one. The C7 looks, especially in red, looks like a front-engine Ferrari. Like it doesn't look like a Corvette anymore. It looks like a California or. Uh, yep. Really um, does. Uh, what is that? GT. 
Uh, GTB? I can't remember. On, I don't, yeah. But yeah, they have... Ferrari has one of those, and it looks just like that. It looks just like that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then real quick before I wrap up, because Tristan, I know we got to get to you, touch real quickly on what GM should do on the racetrack. And tying back into the embracing, reinvesting in the hybrid and alternative power, Chevy need or GM, one of their brands, needs to go into Formula E as a manufacturer. Yep. Yeah. There is no U.S. brand racing there. If they Chevy. are the first ones... It's they, Chevy. It's got to be Chevy. It's got... It should be probably... Because yeah. Chevy is their main racing arm anyway. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cadillac brands, the, the prototypes, but really it should be Chevy. And to be the only U.S. manufacturer racing in a worldwide electric platform would be huge for PR. And then you can totally. use the technology you learn in the racetrack to invest in these road cars that to I talked about. To reinforce the already strong electric and gas electrics that they have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then the last thing um, involves the Corvette racing in IMSA right now. Um, I feel like... Now, this is something I'm not dead set on. This might be something for review with the board. This isn't an iron fist thing. But... Um, Maybe take those factory GTE spec or GTLM spec to the World Endurance Championship overseas full-time. And as far as racing here in the States, whether it be an IMSA or the Pirelli World Challenge, run that Callaway GT3 Corvette as a customer program. Yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I, the, the U.S. fans still get to see the Corvette, but if you want full factory support, the quick car, I think... It'll do better. It'll make more of a wow factor in Europe full time. Besides just that one appearance at Le Mans. Look how popular it is at Le Mans. Yep. When it shows up, I mean the 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 demand is there to see that thing racing overseas. I think you give the people what they want. That is my take on General Motors. Hundred percent foolproof. Oh, clearly. Every 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 <laughs> idea is a winner. Tristan. Exactly as good as my idea. Now we're all sticking with our fandoms. Uh, for me, I. Despite many other things that I am invested in, I am at heart a VAG fan. Volkswagen Automotive Group. Uh, I saved myself for last. The vags. I, I saved myself <laughs> for last. Don't say, say that. <laughs> Don't say that. Um, <sighs> there's a tool called the VAGCOM. It's it, it's there. <laughs> um, but uh, We're going off the rails. I saved myself for last because compared to your... You know, two relatively expensive plans for multiple arms of companies and each brand had its own scheme. Really, my emphasis is primarily on Volkswagen. I think Audi, Audi's doing pretty well. Um, you know, they're they're doing racing in Formula E. They did step out of WEC. They were hurt a little bit by the whole Dieselgate thing as mm-hmm. far as funding went. But A little bit? But, but I'm seeing it, not as much as Volkswagen. Yeah, um, that's the biggest You know, comparatively, a little bit. Um, you see them everywhere. People are buying new ones all the time, especially the, the Q-series SUVs. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. your, your neat car news was an Audi. So Twice uh, it, so yeah, far. twice. Yeah, that's right. So, so <laughs> I think Audi's doing fine. My, my emphasis, if I were king for a day, would be to try to rehab Volkswagen Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, Volkswagen automobiles, just the, the VWs. I think where, in my mind, they started... The issue lies in the fact that they're starting to fade into just the background noise of, eh, front-engine, front-wheel drive family cars. They don't stick out compared to Toyotas, Hondas, Hyundais, Kias, Chevys, you know, they don't stick out. And that would be... Sorry, you just just connected a a dot in my head. Um, I think the reason they're fading, part of it, uh, Hyundai bought all their designers. 
Yes, they that's bought them part all. of it. Yes, <laughs> they now own them. Yes. So, if, so folks, if you're driving down the road and you see uh, something that you think is a VW, it's, it's probably a Hyundai, a Hyundai or a Kia. Or a Kia. Yeah. Um, you know, and so with that in mind, I think two things need to be done. I think we need to find some new, fresh design language. Probably a younger designer. Mm-hmm. Totally, while keeping critical pieces of the VW brand in place, especially like logo placement and size and things like that, get a new design language. I'm not a design person. I don't have any suggestions for you on that point, but if I were king for a day, I would be right on the hunt out of every design school looking for somebody to put together something more distinctive for me. Um, They keep revamping all their designs, and they either get more bland or just plain worse. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think that would be my first one, really easy. My second one is cash in on that European cachet. Um, you know, it's something that it used to be, you know, oh, we're Das Auto, German engineering, you know, V-Dob with those Peter, uh, you know, the, with, with, with the Peter Storm Air commercials. You actually do that and, impression really well. And now it's just like, you know, it's not V-Dub in the house, it's sign, then drive. You know, no. there's there's not any... There's no mention. Which was funny once. Yeah, I'm but there's so no. Sick of that, yeah. There's no mention of their European heritage most of the time anymore, and I think it was a push from upper level management to say, "Oh no, we're an American car. We build cars in Chattanooga, and we can build this solid rear axle drum brake car for you Americans." Like, and and I think that's something that they've lost. Yeah, is, I mean that it, is that European feel and that push. You can make it in America. You can build it in America, but all that is an assembly line. Why can't they just build an European car here? Exactly. Subaru and Toyota and Nissan build Asian cars in America. And so does Ford. They build their European cars in, well, Mexico, for American markets. <laughs> yeah. And they never, no yeah. notice. So I think that can be done in a couple ways. I think bringing over, potentially, kind of we were talking about earlier with the Fiesta missing its little friend, the the, the Focus missing its little friend, the Fiesta. Um, I think Volkswagen stopping at the Golf, um, I think that's a big opportunity. I would bring over something small, be it the Polo, the Lupo, or the or the Up. Um, mm, they've got a bunch. You know, they've, they've got a bunch of things to choose from, and I would need to kind of do some market research, see what would, would play here. But I think bringing over a small car... To finish the lineup would be important. You gotta bring over the Ibiza. <laughs> That's not Volkswagen, but close enough. It's a, uh, it's a it's, Seat. It's a Seat, but it's yes. a Seat. Um, you mean a seat? A Seat. It's a Seat. Seat. It's a Seat. Seat. Um, but uh, uh, <laughs> but I think that's critical is to finish the lineup. I think it's missing the smallest car, and then yeah, you do things that are interesting. Because they're European. That's what drove people to Volkswagen in the first place. You know, you can get Mercedes and BMW station wagons because they make them in Europe and they say, well, people might not buy them in a huge number here, but we'll bring them over and we'll, we'll sell a few of them. It'll be worth it. Volkswagen Group entirely, and this is my where, you know, the only critique I have for Audi is because they got caught up in the whole thing that Volkswagen Group did of not bringing over their station wagons anymore except in their kind of, like, roughed-up, crossover form and i think bringing back the station wagon option and re-emphasizing the fact that hey you can have you know, your family in a you know german engineered you know fine piece of machinery for the low low cost of whatever mm-hmm. i think i think re- the re-emphasizing that is critical they've lost that flair of being a european brand just like people go and 
buy a Passat in the same way that, you know, they would buy, you know, any of the, you know, basic things like Hondas, Honda Accords, things like that. When even without any redesign and without some, and with some of those kind of Americanized changes in place, they're still a better car. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, mean I, I've rented, you know, my, my dad has a, at this point, almost, you know, coming up on 150, if not over 150,000 mile Passat. That is a notably better car, even if it's, even in its cheapest trim than a lot of the cheap Nissans, Hondas, and, you know, a couple Chevys uh, that, I, that I've rented. I mean, it is yeah. a, even dialed back, it is a far better car. And I think they need to, they need to emphasize that. They don't emphasize how much more fun, how much more of a driver's car, how much more refined and European their cars are. And even if I were King, turn that up a little bit, could be even more so. And I think if you pull on those strings, you don't lose people necessarily. I don't think you're going to alienate a whole lot of people by saying, hey, come buy this really well-engineered car. You know, I mean, I think, you know, it's, you know, so I think you're not going to miss out on very much doing that. So I left myself for last because mine's, mine's very simple. I don't have a lot of needs regarding, you know, what this company can do. It's, it's other than it's bring yourself Bring yourself back to the foreground. You had the, you know, the those ridiculous advertisements for the GTI, like, what does your fast look like? And it was a little, like, you know, Funko, right. Funko Pop demon-looking guy in the backseat oh, of, oh, of the GTI. Oh, my. You I know, totally forgot about the, those. The Peter oh. Stormare, you know, unpimp the auto commercials. Um, those are great. You know, yes. you know, really classic stuff, like, you know, instead of the GTO, my kind of GTI song. Yes. You know, the guy throwing his shoe at the tree and the, the golf <laughs> the golf falls out of it. You know? I mean, it's, they have a lot of funny, so I think they need to bring back actual humor. Mm-hmm. Funny and focused on their European breeding commercials. Mm-hmm. I think bringing that back and re-emphasizing their Europeanness and say, you know, hey, you're a family. You might not be able to buy a Merc or a BMW or an Audi even. Come to us. We still have that German engineering for you. You can still get that in a car that makes sense, you know, for most people. And that would be my only my only request. A personal thing, if I were king for a day, just because I know I would like it, um, and seeing as in this uh, you know, scenario, all of our decisions are infallible. Clearly, if you like it, everybody. Everyone has like it. to. Yep. So, I would bring back. It's illegal to think otherwise. Exactly. <laughs> I would bring back. I would bring back a station wagon, in all tiers of the brand. I mean, I think you've got the Golf, which is on its own as a hatchback. You can't really wagonize a hatchback, but a, a Jetta and a Passat station wagon. You know, and like I said, it's not. Nick's over there shaking his head. It, I don't. It doesn't matter. You're taking it because I'm not doing it so that it'll sell. That's strictly for me, um, you know. That's because because I want to buy them, and I think other other people have. You know, there were a lot of people that left the brand because they could no longer buy their Volkswagen station wagons. Mm-hmm. They bought Volvos. They bought Outbacks, which we surprisingly found out are classified as station wagons. We'll get into a whole other episode yeah. about that later. We think we really have to. Um, I think, but I think that bringing back the station wagons isn't going to harm anybody. Um, especially following in the footsteps of people like Volvo who have brought over their kind of rough and tumble crossover kind of looking wagons. And once those are certified for import, the non-lifted, non-kind of quote-unquote crossover off-road versions are also certified then because they're actually lower, safer, you know, all the things that they look at are actually better on the regular car versions. Mm -hmm. So even if they're not going to be available at a general purchase on the lot, Offer them a special orders. That's what Volvo is doing, and I think that's very smart mm-hmm. to bring back people who 
have gone to other brands because they don't have it. Now, it's you're leaving buyers on the table if you don't have them. Now, you don't necessarily want to invest in shipping a bunch over if they won't sell, things right. like that. But making them available as a special order option, that would be the special uh, gift to the king, if I were the king for the day, would be to allow myself uh, and many of my family members and friends that I know that would want a Volkswagen station wagon have allow them to buy one. The, the the special order thing warms me up to it a little bit, but the reason I was shaking my head is just, I just don't like station wagons. Like, <laughs> it's, love them. That's fine. I love them. You yeah. guys have them. No, I mean I think it's and that it's a personal choice, and I think right. You know, part of it is you know is you know what's the what's the cachet for them, and you know who used to buy them, and but I think it's we were kind of discussing this earlier in the car. It's a circle of life. Things go around, come around. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, in the 50s and 60s, Mom drove the station wagon, and then she drove the minivan. Now she drives the crossover. Mm -hmm. I think you could really get... When is it coming back? Right. I think when is it going to start swinging back? Is it going to move to something else, or is it going to move back to a station wagon? I think especially if they made them fun. Imagine a GLI-class station wagon. Oh, don't tease me. Because, like, BMW and Mercedes and even Audi have their S and RS AMG M station wagons. Imagine Volkswagen putting together a, you know... GSI or whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they classify it, but you know, imagine that. That's that's kind of where I would leave that. You could bring young people, especially you know, young men with families that still want to have fun. That would be a market that I think would buy things like I that. I can only imagine. Exactly. <laughs> and with that, we are getting pretty near on time. Anybody have any last? Uh, only one last thing. Comments? I'm shocked and a little bit horrified. You didn't say they need to bring back Fahrenheit editions. Well, that would be too much just for me. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a little bit for everyone. Um, they, Fahrenheit editions, for the, explain them just real quick. Yeah, Fahrenheit editions are, I mean, functionally, they're a cosmetic package. There's mm -hmm. not really a lot mechanically going on, but they've got the uh, Lamborghini, usually, previously only Lamborghini-specific orange um, uh, color scheme mm -hmm. with things like... Uh, orange stitching in oh, black yeah. leather on the inside oh, yeah things like that so that those are the fahrenheit editions and and even if it's not a fahrenheit edition start bringing back special edition stuff because i believe even this last year they paired out finally the wolfsburg edition of the golf it's gone now yeah there, there are no anything editions i was of, actually of just, Volkswagens. i was actually just checking that and you're exactly right yeah so bring back anything and not even fahrenheit editions Bring back an addition. Yeah, bring back fun Volkswagens. If it's if if I could if I could pare it down to one sentence, that's it. Bring back fun Volkswagens. They're supposed to be fun. There I you totally go. Agree. Every uh, every every decision, the right one. All of us, all three of us. That's right. There it is. We are in the wrong business. We need to be running car companies. Totally. Because right. remember, <laughs> totally. we're right. We're right. We're always right. Um, with that, I think it's about time um, to wrap it up for this episode. Guys, um, before we sign off, any thank yous? I'd like to thank Lamborghini Paint because we just talked about Fahrenheit editions and when you see one, even on a, you know, a real Lamborghini, even if it's just uh, parked on the side of the road or whatever it is, it's so brilliant and just makes the day better. I would like to thank Frozen Pizza, the I can't think of anything better dinner choice of champions. <laughs> there you go. And I would like to thank speed limit signs. Uh-oh. <laughs> not uh-oh. Uh. Not for setting a limit, but for giving me a goal to try to beat. Lovely. There you go. Specifically on those corners with the yellow signs like take it at 35 miles an hour. I think I can beat it. Totally agree. And as always, we'd like to thank you the fans for tuning in even if we suck. You guys are always awesome. 
Um, find us at checkenginepodcast.com, anywhere that you can find a podcast being um, streamed, specifically anchor.fm slash checkenginepodcast. Find us on social, Facebook, Check Engine Podcast, Twitter and Instagram, at checkenginepod. And with that, we will talk to you again very soon. Thank you. Thank you.